Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio, and my wonderful wife, Janet, will be joining us here shortly. So today, I have the pleasure of having Carl Schusler on our podcast today, talking about fair cost healthcare plans. As you know, um, I wrote a book called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. And one of my goals of that book is to let people know that, you know, there are options from traditional healthcare where people have options. And I'm a big believer in, pe- in educating and empowering individuals to take charge of their own health. And that includes financially. So it's very important that patients have the ability to choose where they seek their healthcare services and be part of that financial discussion. Because if not, you're not going to get the best price and the best service and the best quality. So um, without further ado, Carl, welcome to our show. Janet, thank y'all so much for having me on. I've listened to it numbers of times. And uh, like I said, I don't think I've ever formally met you, but I've been in a couple of conferences where y'all were present. But I'm a rude Southerner, so I just don't talk to folks. So I apologize. <laughs> well, Carl, uh, tell us about this fair cost health plan. Sure. Uh, Sean, it was really spurred from not being able to find a plan or in programs for our clients. And we basically, for all intents purposes, deconstructed and unbundled and rebuilt the system as we like to talk about a house, if you will, and brought all these bricks, which represent cost containment solutions together under one roof, 26 plus solutions that make up this custom employer built actively managed health plan that we call fair cost. And that was what was unique. Most of the plans out there, what we call the, or what we call insurer built, you know, built by the insurance companies and they're passively managed because the employers allow the insurance companies to manage their plans. And last time I checked, the insurance companies are not in the healthcare business. They're in the money-making business. So um, that's what we really did. And, we brought them and seamlessly integrated 26 plus solutions together on this platform we call the fair cost health plan. So give us some examples of saving over the traditional book as we call it um, insurance plans. You want like, you want a couple of examples of what can yeah. be achieved? Okay. Yep. <laughs> well, I tell you, man, you better pack a lunch. I can go, I can go all day. <laughs> do we, do we, don't we have four hours or <laughs> yeah. eight? <laughs> okay, good. Well, geez, I'm, okay, that's good. I had 10 in my mind, so I can make eight work. But um, no, we've got a, a hotel that I can say the names of these clients because they've been on center stage and in the media. Uh, the Gasper Landing Club, they were one of the ones that was right where Hurricane E and I came on uh, to land, right down there by them. And they're, they're going to they're open up hopefully mid-December. They normally open up uh, October the 6th. So they are a little behind, but, uh, nothing catastrophic for them, thankfully, but they're a, um, you know, about 450 employees and about, we average about 180 on the health plan gets a little tricky because they closed July 5th and reopened, like I said, October 6th. So we'll swell up to about 250 on the plan and then we'll go down to about 140 on the plan for a few months. And then October, November, December, they start building back up. So we just always say they average about 180 employees. Since they put our plan in and haven't updated the numbers as of the end of the plan year in July of this year, 
Um, they, if they had uh, self-insured with a BUCA, um, when we met them, they were fully insured. And uh, in July 1st, 2016, they took the really the maiden voyage on the Fair Cost Health Plan. Uh, Glenn Price, the CFO, and Liz Schrock, the benefits champion, deserve a lot of the credit for, for, for going down this road with us. But if, if they had self-funded, say, with United Healthcare um, back July 1 of 16 through, um, I, I would say I'd have to go back probably to, to yeah, 20, yeah, to 21, July 21, they, they saved about $5.9 million or 61% um, if that makes any sense. But I want to be clear, wow. it really isn't that much savings because they never, they didn't stay with the insurability plan, they made the switch. But had they been with the insurability plan, we can prove and have and people where I met you guys in Dallas at Free Market Medical saw that. So that's one example of what can happen, as crazy as that is. But they really didn't they didn't pocket six million dollars. I want to be clear. They saved the first year and it am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, so, I think you're lying. I think you're lying to me, but uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but and then the second one is a is the Soto Memorial Hospital. That was the post you saw this weekend at the uh, DPC Nuts and Bolts conference in Dallas. We were there sharing the DeSoto uh, ca- uh, case study that's been shared uh, again all around the country. It's a rural hospital, 49 beds, in the fourth poorest county in the state of Florida the second lowest family meeting income in the state of Florida. Um, and the first year we took, we, we, we worked with them on the fair cost health plan. And I want to throw out uh, Dr. Lee Groves. He's the one that brought us and a guy yeah. named Sean Pruner. They brought us to DeSoto Memorial. I didn't know where Arcadia, Florida was. If you had told me about Arcadia, Florida, I went, did you make that up? I, I don't know what that is. And so that's how myself and my co-founder mitigate partners, Barry Murphy and I got involved. The first year on fair with fair cost and with Dr. Gross serving as an epiphany uh, health direct primary care serving as the quarterback of our health plan and the foundation of that house we described, the fair cost plan, they saved 1.2 million or 54% in one year by eliminating a BUCA uh, plan. They were a self-funded plan. They eliminated the BUCA, eliminated the PBM that the BUCA owns and uh, and were able to do this and, and dump that Buka network and the savings was 54% on 1.2 million. And with that, they hired their first full-time surgeon in county history. And now our goal is to reach in the community. We've tried three times. We got derailed by COVID twice. And then of course, Hurricane Ian, they had severe catastrophic flooding down there. If you watch the news, you would have seen Arcadia. Um, really bad. Um, and so uh, the hospital leadership's unbelievable. They slept at the hospital for a week and a half. And uh, matter of fact, Vince Sika, the CEO, was supposed to be with us in Dallas on Friday, last Friday, but he was staying back for, you know, uh, disaster preparedness for Hurricane Nicole uh, that I don't think ended up having really any effect on them, but he had to stay. So he couldn't be with Dr. Gross and I. Um, it should have been. He's a Florida Gator and a Georgia Bulldog. Of course, Georgia Bulldogs gonna always do better than a Florida Gator. But anyway, um, that's that's a whole other day, another story. If you want to go there, but that that's a pretty amazing story in itself. And we're trying to bring the city, the county, and the school together on this platform. All of our plans, pretty much, Sean and Janet, have no deductibles. 
no barriers to care for the members. It is totally a patient-centered plan. Instead of the patient sitting over here on the periphery as a profit center, we bring them front and center, let them interact with the local care team. You, you guys, the pharmacist, the doctor, the hospital, all of them together working without all the interference of all these third-party middlemen. Um, that's one. Another one is a school district of Osceola County. I stepped out of this case April of 21. But my partner, Barry Murphy, still involved in over a two-year period. First year, they were with Cigna. Um, we, there was a multi-year contract, so we couldn't do anything about uh, that cartel situation. So we saved them $6 million the first year uh, with a lot of uh, brought in green imaging, Dr. Dickerson. Y'all know Dr. Mm-hmm. Dickerson, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, and that was her big case study that she shares a lot around the country is that case study. And then the second year is $15 million. So over two years... Uh, about a 6,500 employee company uh, or hospital, I mean, school, excuse me, school district saved about 31% or $21 million. So you've got large employers, and then you've got 157 employee hospital and 180 employee hotel. But the savings, I would tell you, is going to range, you know, 30 to as crazy as everybody will tell me for saying it, 61%. I was proven, you know, so let's go. Janet, what questions do you have for Carl? So what kind of pushback have you had on trying, you know, moving forward with these plans? I mean, is there any retaliation with insurance companies and on the the state level and insurance commission and and all that? Because I'm curious. Janet, you don't know me very well, but when I speak, I'm like EF Hutton. People listen. There's no pushback. Just do whatever I tell them to. (laughs) What's your next question? All right, look at Janice. She's going, who in the heck is it? I just watched Yellowstone, (laughs) so yeah. (laughs) No. Um, Just quickly, I will tell you that the uh, CEO of uh, Cigna jumped in an airplane and flew down to meet with that school district Mm -hmm. when they were fixing to get fired. So Mm -hmm. anyone that wants to ever question me on the cartel, it's probably not worth your time because I think think I'll win. Um, But they stayed the course. And they did what they did. I think Cigna still sued the school district. That's out there. You can Google it. Um, You know, crazy stuff, Janet. So, Mm. but they stood the ground and it's worked. And these plans produce better clinical outcomes for the members and better financial outcomes for the members and the employers. And, um, and so, you know, that, that's, that was some, that's probably, and again, they stayed their course, but the pushback we get is from employers that we're talking to. And now we have so many stories. I mean, if you go to our website on the news sections, there's like 80 things. I mean, we've been, we've been blessed, we've been in Forbes, a lot of places, but even then you can get pushback. And we're pretty much to the point where if we met with you guys and y'all started questioning, I said, Hey guys, that's okay. You know, we're good. We're going to be here 20 years from now. I hope you are, but we're going to still be here. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll, you know, realize what we're talking about then, but we got to move on because there are a lot of people that need our help. I mean, in so many words, not quite that way. I had a little Southern flair to it and it's a little softer, but that's what, you know, that's the truth. I mean, we, you haven't got time to mess with people that don't get it and not everyone's going to want to do this and that's okay. You know, well, Jan, I can definitely agree to that with our business model. Yeah. Um, it's a you know, crawl, walk, run, fly, as we like to say. It's a journey. Crawl, walk, yeah. run, fly, and you have to meet the employer where they are. I'd like the employer to jump in the deep end with cinder blocks on, but that's not where everybody is. Yeah. 
if you educate them right, most of the time, my my personal experience with my clients and the joint work I've done with other Mitigate partners, they've jumped in the deep end with cinder blocks because if you educate them, there's six real deficiencies of legacy healthcare insurance programs, and I'll call them out real quick. If you want to go into detail, we can, but uh, I'll keep it simple. Embedded conflicts of interest, i.e. the cartel. Number two is lack of pricing and quality transparency. Number three is the fraud, waste, and abuse, medical billing errors. Number four is the traditional PPO discount game. Number five is the pharmaceutical shell game, which I know y'all are familiar with. And then number six is lack of information and data. And it was kind of a negative message. So we have basically said, if you eliminate these deficiencies, you can turn them into the six opportunities in healthcare for you. And that's really what fair cost health plan was built around solving for those six deficiencies. Well, I think you hit on something we discuss often and that's transparency. And, you know, in the traditional model with insurance coverage, traditional insurance, there is a cartel. Hospitals and insurance companies are, have colluded to create a cartel. And one of the things they do is they keep pricing non-transparent. So well, how much does that cost? Well, we don't know, or it depends, or it's complicated. Crazy answers that we would never accept in any other industry. Yet, it's not that complicated. It's really not. And w- transparent pricing, that c- the consumer needs to know what prices are being charged for their services. And that actually increases service and it increases quality. Now, the hospitals and the insurance plans, they would like to tell you different, but that's absolutely not the case. Yes, yeah, sir. You're not getting the arguments from this side. <laughs> <laughs> well, so tell us about, do you think sometimes there's skepticism? Like if somebody, if, if you go to an employer and you tell them they can, you can save them on their insurance costs, but it has nothing to do with United or, or Premier Blue Cross, what have you. Do you think they're skeptical? Is that one of the pushbacks that you get? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, I think uh, my good buddy, David Contorno, always talked about Stockholm syndrome, you know, right. Fall in love with your captor cat. And, and, you know, I think you have that. I think, you know, we're working with a, pretty large political organization. That's all I'll say out of Texas right now. And they made a comment. We really like having that blue cross on the ID card. It feels like a warm blanket. And mm. we, we said, well, it's like a warm blanket with smallpox all over it. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah. but, but you know, that that's the deal. So I will tell you the biggest hurdle and, you know, Sean and Janet, we want to be clear with everybody. I mean, we make no bones about it. Um, it is not easy, and we want them to know it will be bumpy. Um, it is not going to be an easy deal. It's going to be three to six months of some growing pains, some teaching, some learning, and that's just how it is. But the key question you ask any of the employers that that went and you know followed this fair cost model is none of them would ever change back and wish they had done it a lot sooner. But it is difficult at, at, at first, and I think – when you look at these employers, you have to, the, the things that we really want to address is, because it, it here's what's goofy. You know, you talk about these BUCA plans. 
I mean, I tell you, I was did when we were in Dallas up here on stage. I said this: How many of y'all? I would love you to put my fair cost logo on all y'all's ID cards. I would love that free advertising. Y'all have given these bukas free advertising for years on the ID cards, and the funny thing is, it's your plan. It's right. the right. It's the yeah. uh, it's the True. more. Uh, I'm gonna mess y'all's name up. More the more pharmacy plan. So why in your name on the card? I don't understand. And yeah. we've often said that, that the only payers in healthcare are employers and employees. All right. The insurance company doesn't pay anything. They're using your money and the employee's money. They're the processors is what they are. They process the money. They don't pay a dead gum thing. So you guys, and I have to, we have to have a one-on-one lesson with y'all when we're done. All of y'all call them the payers. Don't give them that credit. They're not the payers. Medicare, right. who's the payer of Medicare? You and me. That's right. <laughs> I mean, they're it's no payer. Yeah. They're processors. And the processor, the payer should be on the card, and that's the employer. That's whose name ought to be on the ID card. So when you go out there and use our cards, they'll have a fair cost. And the employer, of course, nobody knows who fair cost is. But as the employer, we don't take this insurance. <laughs> what do you mean? I work for this company. You know, and they call the number on the back, verify eligibility, and you're generally pretty good, but you'll get pushback because it doesn't have that blue. Yeah. It doesn't have blue or or a United on the card. I mean, it's unbelievable. And they have – healthcare isn't broken. It was made this way. These folks were brilliant. I wish I was as smart as they were. Well, you, you said it. It's like – you know, they're, they're getting paid millions to process these claims. They're not really paying for anything. Your, your monthly premium that's, you know, 1500 bucks a month, that's what's paying it. It's a cost plus service. That's what no one seems to figure out. And that's why they don't care what the cost is. That's why healthcare costs have become so expensive. And when we put transparency back into pricing, healthcare costs come down. I mean, look at when people price shop for healthcare services. If people price shop for healthcare yeah. services, prices plummet. Hey, Sean, I got a question for you. Sure. You need to let Janet ask some more questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm passionate about this subject. I'll let her go. I wrote a book about it. You know that. You have my book. Hey, Janet. Sean, as bad as, uh, and I'll be, because I, I, Janet asked Sean, did you kind of catch any of those things about us? He goes, I'll be honest, I didn't. I was surprised. And, it, and I said, well, I'll be honest, I carried your book on the plane, and I've had it since for three weeks. And I have read the foreword. But I well, Janet wrote it. the foreword. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very interesting story. In fact, I, I tell a lot of people about it because it was really a place in pharmacy that I hit where, you know, you look in the mirror and you wonder, are we really helping people? And I think that's, you know, the same story of where with your company is, you know, you can get up in the morning and say, how many people did I really help? And, and can I feel good about what I offered to somebody because, you know, if we're talking about the traditional healthcare, I mean, Sean and I have millions of stories that we could probably share. And so could you about how it's wrecked people, how it's destroyed people's lives. And, you know, the fallacy in our country is that it's always somebody that's homeless that isn't getting any healthcare. Well, actually it's, it's people that have health insurance that are going broke because they're being put into bankruptcy for care, for coverage that they thought they had. And, you know, and really, I mean, I don't know how these people look at themselves in the mirror sometimes because if they saw the brokenness that was out there that's being created 
by the system, you know, they wouldn't feel good about it. You know, I, I Sean and I, in our business model, we we charge a fair price because the market can bear it. A hospital doesn't do that. A clinic doesn't do that. And, you know, I'm not, not per se bashing it. It's just the fact that there is something that you have to, to come to grips with every day when you look in the mirrors. Are you really doing what you think you're doing? You know, are you really doing what you set out to do? And and I think that that's the, the hard thing is, you know, we do have that Stockholm syndrome, whether we're working for an entity or we're whether we are relying on that entity because that name's so familiar, you know? So how are you getting your name out there besides the free market association? How are you doing? Are you just beating on doors or how are you approaching your clients? Well, you know, can't you tell just how we show movies on my forehead on the weekends? Uh, (laughs) I mean, and I tell you, it keeps getting bigger. I'm like, my grandmother always said, don't wear hats, Carl. Well, I wear hats. I'm not working. I got a hat on all the time. Maybe that's part of the problem. My dad's still got a, a full head of hair at 80. So you know, maybe I got, I think it skips it. I must have got it my other granddad, but, um, but, um, not, uh, I don't have a comb over yet. I'm still good there, but, um, but, um, you know, Janet, it, it's really, I, I, I think you had, had some very interesting points there as I asked your question. I mean, I was so frustrated with what we were doing. All we were doing each year is making benefits worse and we'd get a raise. And basically, you started to watch the employees, you know, I guess, for lack of a better term, become functionally uninsured because right. they had a, the, the bigger the deductible they got and the higher that a pocket uh, uh, got, they were scared to have to use their health plan. And the advent of, you know, high deductible health plans coupled with health savings accounts and HSAs, I mean, I, we have an HSA as a family, but my wife and I can put money in the HSA. Um, America doesn't, I mean, the average American doesn't have $500 in their checking account. So you put right. on an HSA plan and you don't fund it and the employer doesn't seed money in it. They're uninsured. Right. And the hospitals, you know, we can sit and gripe and about the hospitals. We've got some great hospital partners. So I always am careful what I say. Now I know only 15% are compliant with the hospital price transparency laws across the country. And that's another story another day, but but as far there's some really good hospitals that you that you know we've been able to partner with and be successful for fair pricing. Um, but uh, you know when you when you look at this, the the, the hospitals only collect seven percent of that deductible and coinsurance money, so they're not collecting whether they're overcharged or not. They're not collecting anywhere close to that either. So that's an issue, and the employers' have, hands have been forced. And I'd say by worse than average brokers. As my friend Rich Haney and Austin, Texas, Mitigate Partner there says, a broker makes you broker. So they're dealing with brokers like that that don't know how to do what we do. But we've been able to turn that around and put no deductibles and remove barriers to care and have have them be steered by nurse navigators to the right, right, you know, right physician at the right time, at the right quality and the right price. Same thing with getting to the right pharmacist. I, told Sean some of our strategies when we got started about pharmacy that we are big fans of the community pharmacies. We use them all the time in our plans and reward our members for going to the community pharmacist with the lowest copay possible. Um, I'm glad to speak to that later if you want to. But um, I, I think that the, that the, the key 
to this. And I wish you could see the video with Hanna-Barbera Johnson from DeSoto Memorial Hospital. We closed out, Dr. Gross and I closed our talk Friday uh, at the DPC Nuts and Bolts in Dallas with that video. And the video says it all. She says, you know, here at the hospital, benefits are done for the employees. I will paraphrase. Most of America does benefits to the employees, not for them. Number two, she says, you know, I, I have taken care of everything I needed to take care of in this plan. In the past, I was scared to death to use it because I had this deductible, this coinsurance, and I didn't do it. I've taken care of everything I needed to take care of this year, and I paid absolutely nothing. And you can do that when you combine the right bricks in the house in that in that what we call the fair cost plan to help control costs. It's not going to be perfect all the time, but the member the employee can get the get the care without the worry. I mean, these employers want their people to get taken care of. They don't want them to avoid care. And that's an education because I've I got to tell you, it's at least seven out of 10 plans we run into. They all got high deductible health plans. Everyone, eight HSAs, every daggum one of them. And uh, that we have to work hard. We can't necessarily go to no deductible the first year. It may take us a couple of years. Um, but but they're they're scared to take care of themselves. And with you guys, you think they're adhering to meds? I mean, I I, I could afford it, and I was on Vitorin at one time, and it was three hundred dollars a month. And and I quit I quit taking it, and yeah. I could afford it, but it was irritating me. Three hundred dollars a month was irritating me. So, you know, that's that's the the problems. I don't and I don't think I answered your question. <laughs> I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> I, I'm I'm curious as your marketing strategy. That's it. I mean, that, well, yeah. well, Janet, I guess these folks aren't wise enough. They have us come speak. I don't know what the heck they're thinking, but they have us come speak. And so I say some of that's been you know from the stage and sharing these mm -hmm. stories. I've been accused of. One it was somebody we were talking to not too long ago. They go, Carl, were you a Baptist preacher? <laughs> um, but and I always apologize. I always say, if you're sitting on the front row, I might spit on you because we're pretty. Bad. <laughs> um, but we're we're behind the camera and the screen. We're good. You're, sa you're safe. That's a good thing. I, I should have worn a mask today. Um, uh. but, but yeah, no, we're not going there. No, no, uh -uh. We're, no, we're not doing that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's the passion and we just believe that much and it is possible anyone can do this. And that's why we try to help as many as we can, our mitigate partner group, because it absolutely is possible. And you and I think our, one of our uh, one of our mitigate partners in North Carolina, Christy Gupton, has always said, and y'all might have met her out there at free market last uh, August, August of 21 at the FMMA. She always says that all it takes is a good advisor and a little courage and I, that almost can be viewed negatively because it's like you have to have courage to do this. Well, we think they're really, it, it, it's not courage as much as us helping employers make this transition easy because it, it doesn't require courage because it works and we've done it and we have so much social proof. So getting the name out there is really just been doing the good work. I mean, and really, trying to improve healthcare, trying to fundamentally make a, a change, a difference. And we've also been blessed with some relationships with patientrightsadvocate.org. If you don't know that organization, uh -huh. they basically, that's Cynthia Fishers. Uh, I think Cynthia, I hope it's okay for me to call you a friend. Um, she's become a friend, Marnie Jamison Carey, who's running Power of the Patients. 
Cynthia's whole team, Alari Santangelo and, and Linda Bent are unbelievable. And they reached out to us back in 19, late 19 and said, Hey, do you, do we want, do you have any goods? We heard about what you were doing in Florida. Can we film your clients? And we want to take that film to the White House to show at the time President Trump and Secretary uh, HHA Secretary Alex Azar what we're doing. And the way they did that was these videos and all the clients agreed. And, you know, you can see the videos. or Y'all can post them on the show notes or whatever. And I'm glad to send them to you. They were in that stuff that Sean didn't happen to read. But anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, um, um, you know, hey, hey, Sean, I, know I fully expect to get the wrath of you back in a few minutes. But but. But no, um, and, and those folks, they're the reasons the hospitals have to do it. They were the big impetus. People like Dr. Gross, many others were on D.C. doing this. But Patient Rights Advocate was a big reason those videos were used to show what was possible at employers in America. So as I say, I always tell Cynthia, Cynthia's in the ocean. She's trying to boil the ocean. We're just boiling the creeks. We're then going to boil the rivers, then we'll boil the lakes, and we'll meet them in the ocean. So you have to do it one employer at a time, and that's really our message. And uh, we're doing it with community. As I told you, we're, we're hired by a large independent community pharmacy group to help their pharmacists go out in their communities to talk to employers about how this works. We show up at appointments with pharmacists, Sean, and with direct primary care doctors. How many people in our shoes come in the, a, a room with a, a pharmacist and a doctor with them. Right. Know, talk yeah. to an employer. It's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. So, Carl, uh, as we wrap this show up, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Um, you, I mean, I, hey, man, I like the phone, but I know nobody else does <laughs> because that's a confrontation. Don't, oh, God forbid, pick the phone up. Uh, but uh, they can call me at uh, 404-941-5519. Uh, email carl at mitigatepartners.com, our website, www.mitigatepartners.com, LinkedIn, we're kind of all over the place. Uh, you can, we've got a, a, I have my own LinkedIn, Carl Schusler. Then we've got Mitigate Partners LinkedIn and a fair cost LinkedIn, Twitter accounts galore, even an Instagram and a Facebook. Don't ask me how to do Facebooks and never <laughs> much mess with it, but we're kind of all over the place. And just, they just need to look up Mitigate Partners. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carl. Um, a pleasure and let's stay in touch and uh, you've helped us realize our goal which is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health and the financial portion of that is very very important so thank you Carl uh, let's stay in touch yeah thank you Sean and Jan appreciate y'all having me on your show all right. And uh, listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, Wednesday, let's see our midweek podcast. Who do we have? I should know this. Oh, yeah. Functional medicine provider, um, Mar Marcy. She's going to be talking about functional medicine. We've had a lot of functional medicine providers on our podcast. Um, stay tuned for that. 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., our regular weekly podcast time, uh, midweek podcast. So uh, tune into that and learn more about functional medicine and how to take charge of your health. So thank you listeners and viewers for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you. Thank you.